Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. We're going to get into the words this morning. I want to look at the prayer of Jabez. And the title of the message is the prayer of Jabez, finding prosperity in your pain. Amen. Finding prosperity in your pain. Will you lift your hands with me? Let's pray this morning. I'm going to need some prayer this morning. Physically, I'm fighting uphill, but that's okay. Uh, His grace is more than sufficient. Amen. And so let's pray together, all of us as a family, as a body, that God would be clearly heard and that Jesus would be clearly seen and that the gospel would have its full effect in the house this morning. Lord, we worship you. You've been so good to us. You've been so good. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the love of God that simply knows no end. I thank you one day pain will end, but you will never end. One day, Lord, the trials of this life, Lord, will fade away and wash away, Lord, into the ocean, Lord, of eternity. And on that day, Lord, we will look into your face and know it was all worth it. I pray this morning you would help me, Lord, uh, bring to your people what you have given to me. I have no power. I have no strength. Uh, It has to come from you. Uh, But, Lord, you're faithful. This is what you do. This is what you're famous for. So will you move this morning for the sake of your people and the sake of your name, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. We honor this pulpit. Lord, we honor it. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to open up your word and hear from you. Let this be no different than any other Sunday in Cork Church. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord this morning. So the prayer of Jabez, Jabez, finding prosperity in your pain. Please turn with me to First Chronicles chapter 4. Uh, and I'm just going to read two verses this morning. That's our focus. That's what it's going to be. Um, Jabez, um, went, well, let me give you context, maybe, as you're turning. Uh, this is a genealogy, uh, and uh, if you're like me, you find genealogies boring. I find them boring. I don't spend too long reading genealogies, truth be told. In fact, I don't spend too long reading the book of Chronicles. Yet here we are. The Holy Spirit has providentially led us here. And in uh, First, First Chronicles 4.9, the scripture says this, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked." Lord, thank you for your word in the house. Hallelujah, this morning. So some context. This is a pause in an otherwise probably boring genealogy. Amen. You see, God wanted us, wants us to take notice of this man. He was a royal son of Judah, and he was a man called Pain. What a name, a man called Pain. And God wants us to stop in the middle of this genealogy and to notice this man called pain and his prayer for prosperity in the middle of his pain. 
his prayer for prosperity in the middle of his pain. Uh, a quote here, it is refreshing to be halted by the story in this genealogy of the story, uh, to be halted by the story of one man who took his need directly to God and obtained the answer of God's grace. Amen. Do you know that you can do that this morning? You can take your need directly to God and receive grace. The way is open because of Jesus. Hallelujah. And folks, the prayer of Jabez has been the focus of a lot of books. It's been co-opted by the prosperity gospel. But I want to say this morning that there is a right way to interpret the prayer of Jabez. We as Christian people must have the right view of prosperity. Uh, We have to understand something. Jabez uh, lived, depending on what commentators you look at, possibly as late as the judges, but certainly in and around uh, the time of the conquest of Canaan. And we have to understand in the old covenant, blessings tended to be material. But in the new covenant, in the gospel, blessings are spiritual. Amen. Spiritual blessings. In fact, when you look at the word for prosperity in the Hebrew, the word is a salak. Forgive me if you speak Hebrew and are offended at my pronunciation. The word does mean to pro- does not mean to prosper as we would interpret prosper in our culture. It doesn't mean to ac- accumulate material blessings. Here the word prosper has the idea of moving forward, making progress. But that's just that's not it. Making progress by God taking you or pushing you further than you could go on your own for his purposes. That's prospering, according to the scriptures, being brought further than you could go on your own by the power that God provides. Prosperity is grace. Amen. God bringing you beyond where you could go on your own. This morning, I want you to know that it is possible to live beyond the circumstances you were born into. It's possible. Amen. The brokenness that you've, that's been passed on to you, you can prosper in your pain. You can. God wants you to know today that your pain does not have the final say over your future. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good news, folks. It's good news. And so this morning, just a, an overview, I want to look at this man, Jabez, a man called Pain. And I want to look at the reality of living with pain and and, and generational trauma. And I want to look at pain as a pathway to prayer. Amen. Pathway to prayer. Then I want to look at the prayer of Jabez. And I want to look at how we can pray the grace of God into our pain, into our trauma. Then finally, I want to look at God's answer. How God meets us in that pain and in that trauma. There are two works of grace we're going to look at. One's an immediate one. How we pray grace into our pain today can happen today. And there's a longer term work of grace that we're going to look at through the life of Joseph. But let's go. Let's start. A man named Pain. And folks, there's a reality here, living with pain. His mother called him Jabez, saying, I've given birth to him in pain. And the Hebrew equivalent for Jabez means he causes pain. So by naming her son Jabez, the mother is probably giving a vision of what is yet to come for her son. She may have seen that her son would have 
had a bleak future. In her mind, his life may have been full of pain and sorrow. So she spoke that over him. She put that on him. The trauma that she experienced in giving birth to him, she placed on her son. And some of us know what it is to have pain attach itself to you from a young age. Some trauma, some experience. Others have the unresolved pain of others thrust upon them. Do you know what I'm talking about this morning? In this world, listen to me, you rarely get to choose the kind of pain you endure. You don't get to choose your pain. It comes to you. Amen, it does. Uh, uh, You don't choose the pain you endure or the effect that the pain of others can have on you. We all experience the effects of sin and the cycles of brokenness. She gave birth to him in pain. It's a picture of the curse. The curse in Genesis 3.16 that there would be pain in childbirth. And there's a reality, folks. If any of you are parents in the house this morning, there is a pain that comes when you know you will bring another into your brokenness another into your dysfunction, that every parent has to look and and recognize that we have all played a part in the dysfunction in our own children's world. That's the curse. We're all broken and we've all played our part in the brokenness of others. Uh, The evangelist, we all know him, Nicky Cruz, his story, so familiar, but I have a quote here. Um, he said that he died when he was nine years old. He said, the day my mother told me that I was not her son and to get out of her life, she killed me. She put a big hole in me. Cruz was beaten regularly from the ages of three and a half. At nine, his heart turns to stone, turned to stone after a severely abusive episode, episode and a failed suicide attempt. Listen, you may not have had an upbringing like Nikki Cruz this morning, but I would bet in a room with this many people in it, you know something about generational trauma. You know something about pain that you have to inherit and live with. There are examples of generational trauma like communication problems, unhealthy coping mechanisms, attachment issues, mental health issues, abuse, addiction. It's rife, folks. It's rife in society. There's pain everywhere. Pain is universal. Yet, in the case of Jabez, the scriptures say he was an honorable man. Amen. I love it. Yet in all the pain, there was a weightiness about Jabez. There was a touch on his life. There was a call of God on Jabez. And I want to encourage you, even in the face of of what had been put on him by his mother, there was something in Jabez, something, a, a touch, something divine, because folks, God wastes nothing, even pain. God will use pain. I don't know if you know this. Let me encourage you this morning. God will not waste your pain. Jabez was honorable. We're going to dive into that later on, but I want to say this to you this morning. Pain is a pathway to prayer. Pain is a pathway to prayer. The Bible says that Jabez called upon the God of Israel. And let me say this to you this morning from the Holy Spirit. Let your pain lead you to him. Amen. Listen, there is gain in pain when we resort to God. Hallelujah this morning. Let the pain lead you to him. 
C.S. Lewis says this in The Problem of Pain. We can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being intended to, attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Folks, God will shout at you in your pain so that you can speak to him in your prayer. That's what he does. God shouts at us in our pain as if to say, you are weak, you're frail, you're fragile, life is too much, your pain is too heavy, a load for you to bear. You need me. Come unto me. That's what he says to each and every one of us through the pain we have to endure. It's too much. You need me. You need grace. Come unto me. He speaks to us through our pain until we speak back to him in our prayers. Jabez invited the God of Israel into his pain. Hallelujah. And that word is amazing. That name, God, the God of Israel. God, that's, that Hebrew term is Elohim. It means the supreme one, the mighty ruler, the sovereign Lord. Uh, and that, that, that uh, tag of Israel is closely related to the idea that he's the God who chooses, that he's the God of covenants and family. Uh, so in other words, Jabez recognized that he could call on the God who was in control of his life and in control of the lives of his chosen ones. Jabez knew who he could call on. Jabez prayed because he understood something, folks. I am nothing and my life will only result in me causing pain to others if I am not rescued. That's what he knew. If there is no intervention, if he doesn't step in, without God, the outcome of my life will be pain for myself and others. That's true of every last one of us in the house this morning. Without intervention, my life will be a life of pain and I will do nothing except inflict that pain onto others and continue on in the cycle of brokenness. That's a result of the curse of the fall. Jabez understood he needed redemption. He needed to be saved from his pain. Folks, you may have been born into pain, but you've been born again into promise. Hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. Into Christ. Into the hope of the gospel. See, the prayer of Jabez is not a cheat code. It's not a magic formula to get material prosperity. Rather, it is a call we all, when faced with pain, generational brokenness and the effects of sin and the potential of our sin and the sins of others uh, can make to God to save us. It is a call to be saved from the curse, from brokenness, from pain, from inflicting it to others. A hallelujah. And bring us into true and lasting prosperity beyond where we could go ourselves. Amen. Into spiritual wellness. So folks, I want to look now at the prayer of Jabez. I want to look at his prayer 
for spiritual prosperity. And I want to look at it this way. There are four graces in this prayer that we can pray into our pain, pray into our trauma. There is an immediate work of grace available to you today. If you are in pain, if, you, if your name is Jabez in the house, if you are dealing with pain that you cannot get beyond, Jabez prays four things, and I want to look at them all. And I, I'll be honest with you, I've tried. I, it's been, I, <laughs> it was a lot to try and even get it down to where I've gotten it to. I'm going to try and move through it quickly. But the first thing he prays is this: "Bless me indeed, bless me indeed." And I want to interpret this a particular way because I believe what we are to get from this is we are to pray that. We're to pray to God that we need his Holy Spirit. And let me show you what I mean. Jabez began by asking to be blessed indeed. And I want to look at Joshua 15 verses 19, verse 19, 18 and 19. You don't have to turn there. It's a familiar story. Uh, it's uh, of Axa and Othniel and Axa's uh, um, uh, uh, ask of her father. Let me read it to you. One day when she being Axa came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what can I do for you? And look at verse 19. She replied, do me a special favor. In other translations, it's rendered, give me another gift. And in another translation, it's rendered, father, Bless me indeed, right? Since you have given me the land in the Negev, that's the Southlands. Negev means dry or parched. Give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. Father, give me a gift. Bless me indeed. F.B. Mayer, the um, commentator, said this. Not the lower springs only, but the upper ones also. Not life alone, but life more abundantly. Not those blessings which pertain to the body or circumstances, but those spiritual ones <coughs> of the heavenlies that are best donate or the best donation man can receive or God can bestow. So, in other words, she prayed for abundant life. Said, "I don't, I don't just want the natural." I don't just want material blessings. I want abundant life. I know there's more. She asked, if you like, she prayed this way. Lord, my life is dry. It's parched. It's dead. It's fruitless until you bless me with the upper streams. It's not enough. The Negev, you have to grace me with abundant life. It's not in me. It's not in the Southlands. It's not in any material thing. If I'm going to live, if I'm going to have abundant life, it must come from above. It must come from you. So give me the upper and the lower springs. More than just living by the lower order, the material things, give me your spirit. Give me living water. Give, bless me indeed. Give me living water. Bible says in Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel sees a river of life flowing from an altar, flowing from a sacrifice. And in verse 9, it says, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. 
So where the river flows, everything will live. Oh, what a promise this morning. Bless me with the upper streams so that everything can live in my life. Revive me. Pain has made me barren, fruitless, dry. So revive me, Lord. He saw something. Ezekiel saw something at the altar. He saw the cross. Folks, we must see the cross where the love of God was displayed for me. Grace and mercy. We must see Jesus and his cross and his side where a river of life began to flow, a fountain that will never run dry, that can turn everything around. Where there's pain, where there's dryness, he can bring life. He died that I might experience new life. This is my portion, my inheritance in him, grace, mercy, love, a life in the Spirit, abundant living. Bless me indeed, Lord. Bless me indeed. It's a prayer. Lord, fill me with your spirit again. I need a personal revival. My pain has made me barren. I am dead, barren, without your spirit, dry, fruitless, without your life. I need living water. Help me look to the cross again, to the altar again, where you died, Jesus where you shed your precious blood so that I might be washed by that blood and filled by your spirit and I might live life more abundantly. The Greek for abundant is zoe, zoe life, abundant life, 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 life. Lift your hands with me in the house this morning. If you want zoe, abundant life, let me tell you, you all you got to do is ask. Hallelujah. That's the grace of God to you. I'm dry, I'm barren, I need revival. Ask. My pain has made me fruitless. Ask and he will send the upper streams to you because you are his child. You are his child. Axa didn't think twice, nor should you. The second prayer Jabez prayed was, Lord, enlarge my border. Enlarge my border. And I believe, I I want to interpret it this way for us. God, I'm going to need you to fight my enemies. I'm going to need you. I need your spirit, but I'm going to need you to fight my enemies. But Jabez prayed for success and conquest. That's what he was really asking for at the time, that God would enlarge his borders, that he would drive out the Canaanites from the land so that no enemies would keep him from possessing all that was promised and already his. That's what he was praying for. God, I don't want enemies in the land to keep me from receiving all that's mine. I want all of the promises. I don't want my life to fail to be a reflection of the promises that have been spoken over it. I want all of it, Lord. And you know, for many of us, we're in Christ, we're in Canaan a long time in some cases, but we are still facing the same enemies. God, although I am in you, There are things in me that are keeping my borders small. Say that again. Although I'm in you, Lord, there are things in me that are keeping my borders small and they are beyond me to fight. Don't let my pain, my fear, my insecurities keep me small, Lord. Enlarge my borders. I don't want to be ineffective. I don't want to be toxic to others enlarge my borders. 
quote here. Maybe God wants to do something beyond your abilities and he's far less intimidated by your failures and your limits than you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I <laughs> give him glory. Yeah. In Deuteronomy 7, 17, God says this. If you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them. Hallelujah. You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials that your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So will the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. I don't need to fear my enemies because he is still the God of my salvation. He's still the God of, how did I get into Christ? By grace alone, sovereign grace, divine power, by grace. How will I grow in Christ? How will I mature? How will my borders enlarge? By the same saving sovereign grace. That's how I receive the Spirit, hearing through faith. I will not perfect, enlarge my borders now by the flesh. My devotion will not enlarge my borders. My white knuckle grit will not help me be more than what I am in myself. But he is the God of my salvation. He will save me from myself and enlarge my borders and complete the work he began in my life. Only Jesus can take a man's limitations and turn them on their heads. Take weakness and make it strength, perfect his strength and make, it and make weakness, human weakness, a launch pad for strength, his strength, his mercy. You will not end bitter and surrounded by enemies in the name of Jesus. Prayer, not the prayer. Lord, go ahead of me in this life and fight my enemies. Help me fully mature in Christ until I grow up in him, into him, and he is fully formed in me. Turn my pain, my hurt, and my mistakes, and my failures into a story of your grace. Until my borders reflect your promises in my life, the battle belongs to you, Lord. Belongs to you. Take me beyond my natural capacities. Prosper me, my limitations, so that I can say like the Apostle Paul did in 1 Corinthians 15.10, I am what I am by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Jabez prayed, God, may your hand be with me. In other words, he said, God, I need your strength. I need your strength. I need your strength. Jabez prayed that the hand of God will be upon him, the hand that says, I love you, the hand that says, I receive you. I believe Jabez prayed for intimacy. More than just the blesser, but the one who blesses. More than the gifts, more than the prosperity, but the one who prospers. He wanted to know the presence and the power of his God. In the Bible, the hand of God means something very profound. Ezra referenced it. He said in Ezra seven twenty eight, because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, I took courage. Some of us need courage in the house. We need strength. We need courage. Some of us are weak. We can't carry what we feel we need to carry any longer. 
And yet for Ezra, God's invisible and intangible hand was also leading and guiding and encouraging and strengthening him as well as giving him courage. We need the hand of God to be upon us in our pain. You're not alone. Martin Luther said this, I have held many things in my hands and I've lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Jesus said this in John 10, 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Do you know whose hand you are in today? Do you know whose hand you are in today? Do you know the hand that's upon you today? Hallelujah. He's never lost one. Amen. Amen. He's never lost one. A prayer, Lord, when I feel like I can't hold on, remind me that you are holding on to me. Your hand on my life means I belong to you. It means I'm fully accepted. That is the source of my courage and my confidence. He put his hand on me when I was lost, when I was his enemy, when I was dead in my trespasses and sins, he put his hand on me. When I was forgotten, when I was in the slave pit of my sin, he visited me and put his hand on me. He touched me, he chose me, he found me, he put his hand on me. He put his hand on me. Thank you, Lord. And you will never let me go, Lord. My times are in your hands and you will keep all I have committed to you against that day. You are going to keep me and mine and I humble myself under your mighty hand, your sovereign hand. You will lift me up out of my pain. <laughs> to quote a Christian rapper, the holes in your hands are the proof you'll never drop me. Thank you, Lord. Finally, Jabez prayed, keep me from pain. And the final grace he prayed over himself in his pain was, God, protect me from myself. God, keep me, protect me from myself. I put, uh, the commentator Paul says this. He used this expression in allusion to his name, which signifies grief. Lord, let me not have the grief which my name implies, which my sin deserves. Lord, please no own goals. Lord, don't let me get me. Lord, don't let me wound myself. Don't let me harm myself. Don't let me bring tears to, to those around me who I love, who you've blessed me with. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to carry on the cycle of pain. I don't want to, I don't want to be. I don't want to live out what people have spoken over my life when the promises of God are yes and amen for me in Christ. I don't trust myself, so I'm going to pray. I don't trust me. I don't trust these hands. So I'm committing myself to your hands. No prayer. Lord, no one goals in Jesus' name. Say that with me. Lord, please, no one goals. <laughs> you ever scored an own goal? It's the worst. It's the worst. Keep me from wounding myself and others. Protect me from my own hand. Lord, don't let me get me. Keep me from causing the type of harm that would leave my life altered. 
the type of pain that would alter my life. Keep me from that. Keep me from being defined by my pain and keep the people around me from being defined by the pain I could inflict on them. In other words, Lord, break the cycle. Break the cycle, Lord. Jabez prayed these graces over himself and his pain. Finally, this morning, I want to talk about God's answer. The Bible says God answered. <laughs> Bible say, the Bible says God answered. It's powerful. Jabez called out in his pain and God answered him. God responded, amen. <laughs> God granted what he asked. God, you know, folks, it's amazing. You know, God didn't take his pain away. He didn't take his pain away. Uh, some of you, you have given up asking because your pain is still there. Folks, he didn't change his name. He changed his future. Hallelujah, it's far better. He didn't change his name. His name was still Jabez, but he changed his future. And the truth is, we don't read much more about Jabez in the scriptures. There's not much more that's said about this man. But he's not the only man who God prospered in the midst of pain. So I want to take a little bit of time with you this morning, if, you'll, if you're still with me, to, to look at Joseph. The life of Joseph, we know it so well, I don't really need to give context. But Joseph was a man that God prospered in his pain. Joseph spoke with hindsight. And in the hindsight, I believe that there are lessons for us. There is an insight in the hindsight this morning that when you look at Joseph's life, there are three things that God actually did over a longer period of time in Joseph's life. Three graces, if you like, that set him free from his pain. And take it away, but set him free from it. Let me show you. In Genesis 45, verse 4, it reads this. Joseph has just revealed himself to his brothers, or he's just about to. Come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine had been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvest. Verse 7, And God sent me before you to preserve you, a remnant on the earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and Lord over his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. What's the first thing? Providence. Providence. In time, you will see the hand of God in this. In time, you will see God's providential hand at work in everything. Those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. Hallelujah. In time, Joseph saw the hands behind the hands. All the pain he experienced, Joseph saw that behind all the negative, painful things, behind all the sorrow, God was working for joy. Amazing. 
amazing. He was so healed. He was so healed that all he wished was that his brothers wouldn't be angry with themselves. Providence birthed forgiveness in the life of Joseph. Could it be in time, as you endure in faith, God can birth such a healing in your heart that you can forgive those who brought you such pain in your life and spoke those things over you and set you on a course. So providence, the hand of God, the first grace. In Genesis 41, verses 51 through 53, we read about Joseph's sons. Now the two sons who were born to Joseph before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore to him, Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, which means causing to forget. For he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and hardship and all the sorrow of the loss of my father's household. And he named the second son Ephraim, meaning fruitfulness. God has caused me to be fruitful and very successful in the land of my suffering. So in other words, Ephraim, fruitfulness, God has made me fruitful in the place of my pain. And the second, Manasseh, God has made me forgetful in my toil, in my misery. God has removed the effect, not the pain, but the effect. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Great Divorce, says this, we can't be doubly fruitful until we are also forgetting. C.S. Lewis describes hell as a place where no one forgets anything, remembering every slight, every cruel exchange of words, every wrong ever done to them, and everyone, everybody's utterly unloving. But in heaven, all these things are put away because all things have become new. Pain is, not, and this is something I, I, I have learned, pain, trauma, it's not a moment, it's an ongoing experience. But in time, God can make you fruitful in that place of pain, in that sort of experience. God can be good to you. God can prosper you in your pain such that your fruitfulness leads to forgetfulness. God will be good to me. Listen to me this morning. God will be good to you and your life will have an impact even in the place of your pain. That's wonderful. And the prosperity, the grace, the goodness he will show you will dwarf the pain until that pain becomes something you fight to remember instead of something you fight to forget. That's what God did to Joseph. That's what he did. He didn't change Joseph's name. He didn't change his pain. But he gave him an Ephraim and a Manasseh. He showed his hand of providence and folks, this morning, God can give you, in the place of your pain, an Ephraim and a Manasseh, fruitfulness, leading to a departure from the ongoing experience from the pain in your life. He can do it. God can show you his hand providentially, how he's working through your pain to bring many sons to glory. That's a part of prosperity, remember, that God will bring you beyond your pain for the sake of others. Joseph learned this. He will prosper you 
for the sake of others, for the saving of many lives. I'd like to read lyrics from a song, and uh, I hope I don't cry. But we're finished, we're so close. Uh, but I, I want to read, it's a song uh, that we sing a lot in young adults. Uh, it's called, uh, Fear is Not My Future. And the lyrics go like this. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this, but let's go. Fear is not my future. You are. You are. Sickness is not my story. You are. Heartbreak is not my home. You are. Death is not the end. You are. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. The whole land is before you this morning. All of it. All of it. Until your life reflects the promises that he's spoken over you. Somewhere along your journey into Christ, your pain will give way to your prosperity. The name of Jesus. Thanks, Andy. This morning, I'd like you to stand, but I, I do have a call this morning on my heart for anyone who wants to respond. Would you stand with me, Cork Church? And the call is simple. If your name this morning is Jabez, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. He may not take away your pain. He may not change your name. But this morning, he can bless you he can enlarge your borders. Hallelujah. He can remind you that his hand is upon you. And he can keep you from the type of hurt that can define your life. And beyond that, he will work in such a way that one day you will see his hand in everything. And he can give you an Ephraim and a Manasseh. But folks, this morning it begins by calling out in your pain. Don't wait. So I want to ask you, there are leaders here and this altar is open this morning. If you just want a place to call out and just to pray, if your name is Jabez, if you came in this morning not sure how you could get beyond the pain you're feeling, I believe God wants to meet you here. The God of Israel, Elohim, the sovereign one, is here to visit you and redeem you from the effects of the curse. So would you close your eyes in the house? I'd like to pray and as we worship, I'd like to invite you to an altar. It's open now if you want to come now even. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your loving devotion, for your steadfast love and mercy, for your grace and kindness, Lord. There are some in the house this morning and their name is Jabez. There are some in the house this morning and pain has been their story, but it is not their future. And Lord, they can call out, Lord, and meet with you and receive grace and healing. Lord, and know that you're with them in their pain. We don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to believe that you're future has already been laid out by the pain of your past. You do not have to believe that this morning. 
there's anything you can receive, anything you can hear this morning, let it be this. Jesus Christ has authored your future. Jesus Christ is in control of your destiny. It will not be your suffering that will define your future. It will be his suffering on the cross for you. He is our Jabez. He is the one who was heard by his father. He is the one who was honored amongst his brothers. He was the one who was heard because of his reverence. And through his pain, we have all received prosperity. This morning, don't be afraid to come. Don't be afraid. His spirit is here. He will touch you. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come up if you want prayer. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.